you don't pretend. No, it's exhausting to pretend. <laughs> I did pretend for a while. It was exhausting. We all tried. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and I think it's maybe it's just part of getting older. The older you get, the more authentic you get because you're like, I'm just tired. Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Dr. Beck. And I am Christine Barker. And this is Am I Doing It Wrong? A podcast for doctors by doctors. Dr. Beck is a mindset coach and medical doctor who specializes in liberating driven professional women from the limitations of perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and people pleasing. She's basically the cheat code for getting out of your own way, showing up authentically, and living a life you're proud of. And Christine is a medical educator and nephrologist who creates resources for doctors in training that I truly think are an unfair advantage. She makes complex topics super simple and takes the pain and uncertainty out of passing your medical exams. Christine and I connected a few years ago via our online platforms and over the years we've discussed countless highs, lows and in-betweens of Dr. Live. And in doing so, we've experienced firsthand the power of vulnerable conversations to show us where we get in our own way and underestimating our capacity. So we want you to be part of the conversation and experience these same results. Every week on the pod, we'll be bringing you conversations which shine light in dark places, normalize the doctor journey, ease unnecessary suffering, and give you actionable steps to thrive in all facets of your life. So grab a cuppa and get cozy for this week's episode of Am I Doing It Wrong? The podcast for doctors by doctors. Test one, two. Yes, there's ice cream Okay. <laughs> Come into the center. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I like a bit of symmetry. <laughs> I'm going to invest in. I really enjoy this couch a lot. It's <laughs> taking every bone in my body to not say, hello, my beautiful friends. <laughs> but it's great when you see it. I love when she says it. Hello, my beautiful friends. And welcome back to our channel and a completely new, exciting addition to the channel. So a lot of you probably already know Dr. Christine Barker. Hi guys, I'm Christine. So I'm from Reno Tutorials. So I'm a nephrologist and medical educator based in Melbourne. And I just adore Beck and I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and the adoration is mutual. <laughs> so we have come together today because oh, we've been trying to put it into words over the, literally the whole day. It's now 5 p.m. <laughs> yes, the whole day. <laughs> Chatting nonstop. Yeah. But I think probably the preface of all of this is Christine and I have the most real empowering conversations that, well, I don't know about you, but I just feel like I want everybody to have these moments with Christine that I get because... <laughs> The way that you leave me after a conversation, whether it's like, whether it's an amazing celebration about something and wanting somebody to expand you from yeah. that and not kind of like yeah. tall poppy Australian cut you down or like, you know, keep you in your place or whether it's like a, a real struggle, something that's really hard. Mm -hmm. And I actually feel like I can speak to Christine in a way that's not, that doesn't deteriorate into me worrying about, you know, have I said something wrong is she gonna think differently of me now is she gonna think I'm crazy for me I, I want everyone to yeah everybody doesn't have an opportunity to be a part of these conversations and I mean that's so much of social media isn't it being able to share share things that yeah. help other people 
Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like everyone deserves someone like that, but it's quite rare. Like I have that in view as well. And it's so mutual and we talk all the time, but I don't think that you can be that real and honest with everyone in your life. You really have to pick and choose and a different environment, even with your partner, I might keep some things or when I'm at work, certainly there's like parts of us, we take different places. And so being real is special and also challenging right and there's things that can crop up in terms of um, things we go through in life and having someone like yourself like a really good friend to navigate with is priceless and something you said just then is probably like really key to it that I didn't really pick up on you have so many special people in your life who you would not trade in for the world, like your partner, your professional colleagues, your friends otherwise from like different parts of life Mm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that you know, I, I do quite a bit of coaching on romantic relationships and I love to debunk this idea that, <laughs> that your partner should be everything to you. And, you know, if they're not satisfying you in every way or meeting your every single want or need, that they're the wrong person for you. And that's the case for all the different relationships in our life. And like yeah. you said, it's, it's rare to have somebody who you can um, be so vulnerable with and don't feel like you have to be reserved in certain ways yeah. with. And I think probably the point is, you know, like my partner and I probably have lots of great conversations that would benefit other people, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the stuff that we talk about is just so relevant to so many more people than the people who actually get to have those conversations in their life. Yes. And we have audiences and that beautiful privilege that you with your coaching business and I am a medical educator so I'm working with medical students and junior doctors so not only do I have my own problems sometimes anonymously obviously I'll bring things to you that I found interesting that struggles that junior doctors are having and really we're all having and we'll have a chat about how we might approach them right Um, so it's not just the jobs we do by their nature we have insight into what other people are struggling with yeah and I as a coach I'm not immune to this concept and I'm constantly kind of trying to strip back this concept that a consultant is like they're they're done they're perfect they got it sorted and so I often take questions to Christine like oh how do you handle this how how would you handle this what's this like Mm. and so having that for so many people in medicine or just in that arrival fallacy of like when I get to consultant let alone at like whatever prestige perfect (laughs) hospital with whatever research you want to be whatever you're like and I'll, I'll be good then. Yeah, yeah. So many of us have that concept in our minds. And having yeah. someone like you who has it all, you know, Christine has the boxes ticked. <laughs> Yet she's somebody who offers her, like, humanity here. We, so many of us attempted to be so perfect and polished. And we feel like we need to protect that expert status. And, yeah. and you, don't, you don't pretend No, it's exhausting to pretend. (laughs) I did pretend for a while. It was exhausting. We all tried. (laughs) Yeah, no. um, And I think it's maybe it's just part of getting older. The older you get, the more authentic you get because you're like, I'm just tired. So tired of being someone else. Like, it's just time to accept who I am. But I think there's power in that, right? To like, I guess when people see you doing that, and I've certainly got people in my life that I look up to, and most of that is authenticity. But 
authenticity is quite rare. So those people stand out for country miles, don't they? And there's such power in it. Um, so I think that's, it's so exciting what you've decided to do here, because I think that um, certainly the people who are watching will benefit from seeing us fail, succeed. We don't know yet. <laughs> Both at the same time. Both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's completely normal and just normalizing that, but also having a place where you can go and bring up those questions, because obviously we'd love to hear from you as we talk mm. we won't often land on answers and any time that we do land on an answer it is an opinion from us yeah. it is not a right or wrong and that's going to be so much of the the thing that underlies this podcast it's there's there's not a right or wrong there's there's not a better or worse we're all different and so there's different options and different rights and wrongs for yeah, everyone. Absolutely. And so nothing we say we want to be taken as gospel or as some kind of idea that you know we know the right answer or the right thing. But it's encouraging these conversations where you know we all live in such a difficult, uncertain world and quite a confusing society right yeah. now. And especially yeah. the hospital has its own specific culture to it and there's definitely an underlying strong sense of the right things to do the wrong things to do yes and trying to navigate that system that you're in there's hierarchies there's there's the system of the hospital and then there's also this kind of unsaid culture with your immediate peers as well Mm -hmm. and which can be so challenging it's very competitive and there's all these layers to it so I think um I think I know that your audience is not just doctors. Obviously, my audience is mainly doctors, so I, I come at it from that. But I think you know, doctors struggle with certain things, but also there's there are extra layers. I think there are extra things that can crop up in your day, like you know, that that can be more challenging than things that apply to every profession. Is that yeah. what you see? Well, yeah, I think even just being able to get to the specifics of the situation and see, yeah. like, recognize other people's situation easily from your perspective when you can be like oh yeah I've been in that situation it can be a lot easier to apply yeah the stuff we're talking about whereas mm. you know if you're talking generalities about some general concept it can just be hard to see yourself in it mm. I think there's a lot of value in us being able to speak from this medical perspective and and ha- having an understanding of this medical culture I, I think when I came into medicine I really believe that a medical culture had some kind of like really strong ethical patient-centered drive to it it's really challenging because we have to we've also been told that we need to be professionals that's Mm. a word that really stuck in my mind um being professional in the hospital and I always found that so um I never quite felt like I was hitting the mark I always had trouble being like compassionate and authentic and also being professional and Mm. you know I also found it difficult to speak up against somebody higher in the hierarchy than me yeah and think that I was being professional for example all these things that you know we actually want in medical culture we want people to be able to feel like to be a professional you need to speak to your integrity and from your knowledge Mm. and not withhold that to fit into the social pressures, the culture of it. Yeah. And it's it's mm. such, I mean, nobody talks about this stuff. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, I'm I mean, so yeah, I agree. There's, there's, yeah. there's special challenges in yeah. medicine, isn't there? And just that on professionalism, it's like what is professionalism when it comes to, because I feel like there's being professional and, you know, being reliable, turning up on time, having integrity, all of those things. And then it's kind of like where 
is your personality and all that and like do you have to leave it behind to be professional and I think that's confusing very isn't confusing. it it's very yeah. confusing like can I fit in here because like there's this doctory version of me and then there's this person who is my home-based version of me and they could be different they could be the same if, if they're the same you're probably kind of lucky in a way because everything's all very <laughs> clear but I think most of us struggle with that that sort of that we're, we're multiple different people and that's I mean, this is such a good transition to the thing that we wanted to touch on today, like an opportunity for both of us to be vulnerable, I suppose, in that yeah. we're kind of breaking the mould, but also like it's it's no big deal to us because we yeah. understand that this doesn't make us a not, not a good doctor. But a lot of people would think, you know, doctors should walk the talk of health. And then we have so many ideas yeah. about what that means. You know, mm-hmm. a doctor shouldn't be unhealthy, right? That seems ironic this kind of idea yes and so often like the word balance I don't know about you but the word balance just gets like you just need to live a balanced life and that will solve all of the problems <laughs> that you have as a busy ambitious professional right just yeah, yeah. balance life I need a bottle of balance <laughs> I would pay a lot of money for that bottle of balance I don't have any problems people but bottle of balance <laughs> they give me, me so much like just to <laughs> take the smile off my face there can be a lot of shame there can be a lot of yeah. shame in the idea that you're yeah. not being healthy as a doctor you know it's almost like a part of your professional integrity we yes. almost think as doctors we should walk the talk I mean that that certainly resonates yeah. in my mind like practice what you preach you're a doctor shouldn't you be healthy yeah, yeah. and you're not a patient like there's the patient and there's you and they're different and then you don't identify with those things yeah and you're sort of almost the construct that you're working in is that you shove it down if you don't feel quite right for some reason you shove it down and you you never really give yourself the opportunity in some ways or the permission to be anything less than that perfect doctor healthy person to the outside world and you're sort of encouraged to ignore yourself which I think is a real danger in our profession yeah Mm. and then it's like it's that you're forced to pretend you know from yourself that you're not that perfect balanced person yeah you know that you're not always practicing what you preach Mm. but if you believe that you should or you have to otherwise you're not being a good doctor yeah think about the the price of pretending to do that is high isn't it's it very high. Sends you in the spin. It's very high. And I think if I'm being really honest, like my sort of self-care, well-being journey, really tuning into myself happened once I qualified. I think when you're at a doctor in training and you're going through it, I, I don't think I had enough space to just sit still and be like, why do I feel so awful? Mm. You know, it wasn't until I, I was at a crossroads when I was like, I've just become a consultant, but I don't even know if I want to do medicine anymore that I was able to... <laughs> It was a journey. So I think to be fair, like the things that I'm saying about well-being and all that stuff, there's a privilege in that and that, you know, when you're a consultant, I mean, I don't work clinically full time just to be fully transparent. I think that um, it's so challenging when you're on call and you're working a million weekends and your hours are crazy. It's very like that balance. How do you, your routine's not, you don't have a routine. Yeah. And Christine made this beautiful video on her channel. It must have been a couple months ago, right? Mm. On balance. You were really just talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, the fact that balance is really personal. It's not Mm. this cookie cutter, like doctor's prescription of what, I don't know how many minutes of exercise you should should get a day, et cetera. It really has to be a personal question. Mm. But what we really wanted to talk about today is a recent period where we were not balanced. (laughs) 
And the fact that that was totally okay. Yeah, it was like last week. <laughs> I'm still not back on yeah, my Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting <laughs> equilibrium, rebalancing as we speak. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. definitely from my perspective as a coach, the problem is when you think it's a problem. The problem I have with balance is not the idea that, you know, we shouldn't be doing more good things to take care of ourselves and what, and what matters to us. The problem is what we make it mean yeah. when we're not being balanced because we think it means that we're not being a good doctor, not yeah. like we're being fake, we're, we're a fraud, we're yeah. doing it wrong, we're out of integrity, mm-hmm. whatever. And then how that affects you, that's really the problem. To yeah, me. absolutely. Like a standard that you just cannot reach and the fact that you're not reaching it, you just feel that there's something wrong with you when no one around you is reaching it and no one's talking about yeah. it. Yeah, and that's why we mm. want this. This is the whole point. <laughs> why we're here (laughs) it's probably why you're here (laughs) yeah so I mean for me it was um I just Mm. just didn't where I was kind of I was overloaded I was I was doing a Mm. locum job that was taking up my eight to five plus of course hours Mm. and then I was working with all my coaching clients and they so gracefully moved to um meet me either before (laughs) work so I'd wake up at five five or five Five or five thirty, and coach one or two people before I went to work. This was um, Tuesday to Thursday mornings, and then in the evenings, Monday to Thursday evenings, I would be coaching or I had like guest speaking things as well. And this is just a three week period, guys. I (laughs) would not do this long term, but this is how I survived for the three weeks amongst amongst whatever other um, challenges I had. And, you know, it might have been the fact that I was just doing too much or it might have been the fact that I think I picked up some kind of virus, but I was sick. I was under the weather when I came home and I was okay with that. I was like, oh, no wonder, you know, I was, I was, it was yeah. hard. I was working hard and I got sick, time to recover. So there I was taking it easy, rejuvenating, recovering. And then when it got to like day 10 of recovering and not being back at full capacity, I was like, something is wrong like I am doing something wrong I like this is I need to do something to control this I I got to this threshold where you know Mm. I was like resting is okay and then I passed a threshold of like 10 days or whatever it was where I was like now I need to be a productivity machine again yes now I should be back Mm -hmm. to doing like my my routines my exercise at whatever level blah 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 not only did I use that to beat myself up because I wasn't doing it right but the way I treated myself in that scenario forcing myself to do things that weren't actually right for me because Mm -hmm. I should because it was the healthy thing to do ironically dragged out my recovery it made me more tired forcing myself to do things because balance Mm -hmm. and health yeah it it made me take longer to recover yeah so it's just an example of like not really needing myself where I was at at the time yeah and trying to fit into some prescribed box of what health looks like yeah how long it should take me to recover for example and what I should be doing by day 10 or whatever it was I should be exercising again I should be meditating again yeah and da 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 yeah and I guess when you made that decision was it that you felt you still woke up on day 10 and felt yet you just you you pressed the override button or yeah. like you literally didn't listen to yourself. Do you, do you think if you had to go back and do it again, would you do it differently? Oh, the override button. That's such a good concept. I'm going to 
We're every doctor's gonna, gonna like <laughs> <laughs> override, override. <laughs> I feel emotional. Nope, override. <laughs> it was the yeah. override button. hundred yeah. percent. I was I got impatient with myself. I was not happy with how I was recovering. Yes. I was I just decided, yeah, override. Yeah. I don't care how you feel. I'm gonna force you to feel better. I'm gonna force you to do these things that you should be doing. Yes. Sometimes, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's not helpful. Sometimes you feel tired in your exercise and you feel better. But I <laughs> I know this about myself by now, guys. Like I've had enough times of being down and knowing when I'm sick and not, and yeah. I still fell into this trap mm-hmm. of thinking you really should be further on by now and yes. losing because I believe that. Yeah. And then I guess in terms of how you arrived there, like in that time, it sounds like you were just you know, up at five, going to bed late, you're working full-time and doing your other full-time job, which is your coaching job and doing it all. How did your like self-care routine, all the things you normally do for your health, how were they going in that period? Oh my goodness. That's so funny. I didn't even take that into consideration. (laughs) I decided to sacrifice. Like I had to prioritize. Mm. I had most of my hours in my week taken up by my my priorities. I wanted to do both of these jobs. I wasn't willing to give up either of them. I purposely decided that I liked the place I decided about it from. And that's why I only did did three weeks, Mm. but I wouldn't have done it for any longer because it wasn't a sustainable thing. Part of the process was Mm. I had to give up those things that um yeah usually you know revived me yeah so I would I was only able to exercise I think I probably got to exercise once a week on average which is my minimum baseline yeah. two is probably the amount that keeps me thriving yeah but apart from that I wasn't getting up and meditating or journaling because yeah. sleep was my next priority mm. after those two jobs and the mm. other sort of things I had to do for my coaching business my next priority was sleep yeah that was the that was the next most important thing for me yeah so um and then exercise so I I dropped a lot of those things that Mm. would have otherwise kept me well throughout that time and I hadn't even thought about that like I'm kind of almost thinking you didn't handle that well like you didn't have much reserve for that to be able to do that for three weeks Mm -hmm. so you got sick and you were really tired yeah um just from that three weeks of work but I've Mm. also got to think like I was sick and run down because I did three weeks of work and I didn't do the usual stuff that, that really fills me back up energy-wise. Yeah. So it wasn't just three weeks of work, it was three weeks of work and less, like, less fuel on, almost in the tank. Yeah, but then that kind of makes me wonder, like with the benefit of hindsight, you can sort of tune into that. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it's what you do with that information. So yeah. what, are you, what do you think you would do differently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, so I actually wouldn't do anything differently from that three weeks I loved the reasons yeah. that I was doing. Mm. I, I overfilled my plate. And as I said, I wouldn't do it for more than three weeks. But, you know, yeah. we have those times in our lives where we push ourselves. Mm. And that's totally okay, right, for yeah. a limited amount of time. And so the thing that I wanted to change was actually in the recovery period where, you know, I loved my first, I don't remember now, seven to ten days where I was like, I'm just going to recover and fill up my cup. I love the way I handled that. I didn't like the way I handled when I got to day 10 and I was like, Mm. okay, you should be feeling good by now. You've had 10 days of recovery, so you should be back to normal. Yeah. That was the problem. And it's the message of like, you should be, you should be somewhere else. You should be doing better. You should be doing all these health and balance activities. That idea of what I should be doing drove me in the direction that actually wasn't the best thing for me. So that's actually what I would do. I would have gotten to day 10 
I would have met myself where I was at and accepted that. I probably yeah. would have had to grieve these expect like what I wanted for myself was to like be mm. able to work again at my highest capacity. Yes. That's what I wanted. And I probably yeah. needed to grieve. At first I needed to accept where I was at and then I needed to grieve my expectations and desires. Yeah. But then on those expectations and desires, I'm I'm thinking about as you were talking, I was thinking about self-imposed deadlines and things. So part of you on that day 10, you've given yourself seven to ten days to recover. You're okay with that. Somehow today's the day that you've got to magically <laughs> yeah. be better all of a sudden. <laughs> um and I don't know what the appropriate lag period is, but it felt like it wasn't right that day. And then it delayed your recovery. But I'm just wondering if there was a self-imposed deadline where no one's waiting for you to do anything except you Mm -hmm. and it's self-imposed and it's this kind of suffering that we add to ourselves. So, you know, I have that as well. Like I'll say, oh, I need to put out a YouTube video this week. And no one is looking for my YouTube. No one, I I mean, I mean, I hope hope you're looking for it. But, you know, like realistically, if it's tomorrow or the the world is not going to end, but I think we put these self-imposed pressures on ourselves was that a feature for you ah absolutely (laughs) this is the thing isn't it there's expectations are an amazing thing like expectations keep us moving forwards Mm -mm. and this is I always say this to my clients like do not drop your expectations that's not happening on my watch you're not going to drop your expectations that's not the solution yeah Mm -hmm. the solution here is to look at what your mind does when you don't meet your expectations not make it a problem Mm -hmm. when you don't meet your expectations You know, like I yeah. want, I, I love my standards that I'm going to, ex, like I'm going to get back to all the things that are good for me doing these things when I'm, when it's good for me. I love yeah. that standard. I don't, yeah. I don't want to get complacent in my rest and not strive to go back to that ideal yeah. and that high work output. But the problem was when I hit that day 10 and I was like, I'm not meeting my expectation mm-hmm. and that's a problem. That's a big problem. And then I started yeah. like this self this is self-sabotaging. Oh the, the mean girl. Yeah. You have to when like when you have a medical education business and you have your clinical roles as well, you have to have deadline and high expectations yeah. of deadlines, don't you? Yeah, and I think deadlines work really, really well for me. Um, but yeah, I do find I, I had a similar experience actually when I got out of whack with journaling was the thing. I had this thing in the morning, I was going half an hour walk every day because I was listening to your content and you mm-hmm. told me about non-negotiables. So 30 minute walk a day. I mean I don't try very hard, just round the block. <laughs> so 30 that seemed like a I could a, a goal I could reach. Um, and journaling was like my coffee in the morning journaling and recently that got out of whack and I didn't really know what was happening to me I just knew that I was out of balance and I was feeling like things weren't right so I was running a live course then I was doing some board service in the middle and I had a sick family member overseas and so I was doing these like phone calls like I guess with the time difference first thing in the morning when I would normally journal and of course like you I wouldn't swap out any of that but with the benefit of like reflection and looking back I really did get into a state of chaos like last last week back <laughs> I ran out of undies I had one pair of undies and I was like <laughs> the washing this is a sign of self-neglect get <laughs> to the laundry I went but like that is just the re- that is what happened to me last week and I didn't really realize it until that happened and I was like well that's a very clarifying moment <laughs> you know like I need to get back on track the chaos um, and this week I'm, I've restored equilibrium to a point but I think it is good to 
when you get the opportunity to come, when you've come out of one of those periods of imbalance is to reflect on how you might look after yourself next time and understand that it's not going to be realistic to do everything, but what are your staples that might just give you comfort and keep you well and keep you sane, (laughs) keep your laundry done, (laughs) put in the fridge, sleep. Like I think what you were saying was you, you went back to the absolute basics. You were like, I'm sleeping. I'm going to sleep. That's my survival mode. And yeah, and I think there are those real basics that we can we can get really out of balance with. Or, you know, if you're ordering takeaway for the third night in a row, no judgment at all. Definitely been in those situations. But like that doesn't make me feel very healthy when I do that. And it's sort of a vicious cycle. Like I'm if I'm eating well, I'm doing better. So I think just kind of allowing yourself to be imperfect and not being hard mm-hmm. on yourself for falling into that trap. Um, and then being like, right, take stop. What needs to change for me to, yeah. Yeah. Like three weeks was my absolute max. If I pushed that for one more week, Mm. and I certainly would have never made that a long-term plan Mm. to go without those things that really Mm -hmm. fill me up, I would have had to sacrifice something else um, during that time or I I couldn't make that a longer-term plan. It's really important that we... I think don't label ourselves. Like we we strive for that to to do the things that make us healthy, you know, the things that we preach, but to not label it as a problem when we we don't, whether we purposely choose not to do it mm. or whether, you know, we just slip up, we can't. We life feels a bit chaotic sometimes. Yeah. Because the mm. problem is when we do label ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, when you're like it's just like well maybe I'm not somebody who really could have a morning routine like you say that thought and then you're not going to get back on your morning routine and be another and be a person who has a morning routine true although on that note as someone who strives to have a morning routine and I haven't quite got the full way of what I would love to have as my morning routine I think what I've learned recently is that that walk around the block I'm talking about, that's exercise, but it's also out in nature and it's also good for my mind. And I feel like it clears my mind and it's like an all-in-one 30 minutes. Anyone can do 30 minutes. But if I set the expectation, which I used to do, I'd be like, oh, like those people go to the gym. I should go to the gym, except I personally hate going to the gym. <laughs> so I had to like be really honest with myself that that's that's not my reality and that actually makes me more stressed out and it's another thing I have to show up for whereas a walk around the block it does the barriers to that are fairly minimal I can put a podcast in I can listen to music I can do whatever I can phone someone yeah. like it's it's this kind of activity that's really easy to integrate and so I think also being honest with yourself when you are trying to come up with your healthcare plan for yourself or your self-care routine to make it super easy low-hanging fruit all the way well it's the trap again of thinking Mm. there's a right way to do it that there's an ideal way to do it and you know i don't know you have to read the heart foundation guidelines (laughs) and they're like you need to do i don't even know what they are you need to do 30 minutes of cardiovascular like they've simplified it down Mm. to something um so cookie cutter which is awesome when like you want to i don't know you want a place to start or you do want to generalize yeah but if Mm the standard, the box doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work full stop. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to trust yeah. ourselves that we can yeah. we can trial and error apply something. And if the Heart Foundation guidelines don't produce the effect mm-hmm. for us, then we have permission to pivot to what works for us. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I think something that I've found is is a better word than exercise for me is movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> movement. Mm-hmm. Part of my self-care routine is movement mm-hmm. as opposed to exercise because it just feels like exercise feels like something other people do. Really well. <laughs> <laughs> so, some of you will be resonating with this. Unpleasant. You're you're good slick trains, people exercise. It's a different side of the couch over here. <laughs> I truly is. I'm just sitting over yeah. here on my huge bus. <laughs> Gym junkie. Just like, oh God. Um, but just on that though, this is a hard question that probably doesn't have an answer. But I'm just thinking about maybe some of the people who are watching who are working full time, they're feeling frazzled. They're, you know, we've got these um sort of times where we've had a difficult phase and we've come through the phase but for some people you know it's a whole year of training is their phase or six months of a rotation or whatever it is mm-hmm. what would your advice be to them mm. yeah well, I actually asked my one of my closest friends she's a psychiatry registrar mm. at an understaffed hospital as they all are I suppose <laughs> but you know doing lots of overtime working through lunch breaks um there was a bit of a commute for a while at the start and she was just like smiling. And we were kind of having this conversation as well about kind of mm-hmm. the, doing the idealistic health things because she's very health conscious. She's yeah. very mindful, just another superhuman. And we were trying to reflect on that while she was in it. Like looking back on the last couple of weeks, yeah. realistically, what would you change? Mm-hmm. Realistically, mm-hmm. looking back on what happened, what would mm-hmm. you do differently? And I think we need to be able to first meet the reality of our own situation. I don't think we should start with, they say mm-hmm. that I should do movement every day. They say that I should do 30 minutes of exercise every day. Mm-hmm. Just throw that out. Start with looking at what's actually available to you. Mm-hmm. And look at the last week in your life. Mm-hmm. Don't look, I don't know, forwards. It's too easy to fantasize and make up some new version of yourself that suddenly gets up at 5 Mm a.m but look back on the last week and think what would I have actually changed Mm. that would have actually made me feel better today what could I have done this week yes that would have actually changed how I feel today yeah to get out of this kind of fantasy mode of like it'll be better next week so I think you know as uh registrar really have multiple jobs you're not just doing your actual clinical job you're studying as well mm-hmm. and all the other stuff that comes yeah. with being a registrar whether yeah. it's extracurricular research mm-hmm. whatever you have multiple jobs and there's no way that somebody else could answer for you what's what you need what mm-hmm. you need to feel better yeah the only way is to be able to turn into yourself and work out you know what is draining me how can I minimize the stuff that's draining me? Yeah. What is filling me up? How can mm. I add in stuff that's filling me up yeah. within the constraints of my life? You need to be able to honor your own priorities. You know, like I did yeah. that three-week period. Yeah. I just owned my priorities. I was like, sure, I'm not going to get to exercise more than once a week, but I love my priorities. Like, yeah. I like what I've chosen here. Yeah. So you've got to work in a way that doesn't feel like you're sacrificing yourself. Yeah. As well. And that sort of acceptance versus resistance. Beck taught me this superpower super, as a magic trick mm-hmm. when I went to one of your courses. So I went to the Should Lab and it was really awesome. If that you already like it, I highly recommend it. Um, and one of the sentences she gave me to change thoughts was like, it's totally normal to feel a certain way in any situation. And I think that that does apply to that as well. Like it's normal not to have the best self-care routine in planet Earth when you're doing all those hours. It is normal to not have food in the fridge for all these reasons, right? So I think if you just give yourself permission to 
be normal <laughs> and not superhuman, like perfect doctor in every aspect, every facet of your life. It's actually very empowering and it's comforting. I've used that so much since I did your course um, because I think it's important to be like, it's okay to be feeling tired today. <laughs> it's okay to be feeling X, Y, Z today. Yeah, because the concept yeah. there is not, mm. again, like Christine holds high standards for herself. Yeah. And accepting whatever has happened in reality as being normal mm. doesn't negate or take away her standards. She still holds them. But normalizing something just stops you from making that more of a problem. You're not spiraling from it. Yeah. When you're like, I don't have food in the fridge and that means I am <laughs> failing as a health professional. Yeah. You know, like that's that's a yeah. waste of your thought space, your energy, and yeah. the spiral of like yeah. however that affects you from there on. Whereas when you actually just meet the reality of like, hey, sometimes, sometimes health professionals end up with without food in their fridge because they prioritize other things and they love that they prioritize other things. Yeah, yeah. Then you get to move on to a solution. That's right. As soon as you no start drama. downing on yourself, <laughs> yeah. the solution becomes clear and you don't feel awful about it. You just go and get some food and come back and like, there's no emotional, whatever it is we do to ourselves, yeah, it feels bad. What What's the solution when you're like, okay, and that means I'm a terrible health professional. Like, okay, well, I'm a terrible health professional and I just need to do, but I don't know, what, what do you even say? Right. You don't even try and solve the problem because you're a terrible right. health professional. Like, like, how many years to retirement? Like, <laughs> <laughs> when do I get to chill out? Like, <laughs> yeah, the countdown begins on your little calendar. Yeah. So I just, I think um, these kinds of concepts are so important because I don't know yeah. about you, but I hear so many people just try and like put themselves in a box because they did xyz they they can't like they don't have this skill they did this thing wrong they didn't keep up with their washing so they are a incompetent <laughs> never going to be successful unorganized human like uh, you know yeah and I would love personally I'd love to go into different people's lives that I know that I think they're like my hero yeah. and I'd love to see that they haven't done their laundry today yeah like how great would that does, be does Oprah have an organized wardrobe or does I she think have Oprah has several st members of staff like <laughs> yeah that's yeah yeah <laughs> although I would love to just go over to Oprah's house <laughs> hang yeah. <laughs> we should find like, out how to do that yeah um but yeah yeah I think everyone is just normal and no one's really that special even like celebrities I'm sure they would say that to you though that they're just actually a normal person and that yeah it's, yeah. it's sort of we have all these standards but I, I think that is really like powerful that conversation about doctors and trying to be healthy and it, it ties into so many other things and we'll probably talk about it in another episode maybe but I think that kind of reflects on what you could do differently kind of we get into realms of like boundaries and overtime and other things so I, I can't wait to, to sort of go on that journey with you there's so yeah. much to talk about yeah, so many, so many great examples to share. Right, yeah. right. I mean, this is just the, the first episode, and as we go along and work out what we're doing, because we, yeah. <laughs> we said before, we don't have the answers, but we like to ask lots of questions. Said we will be unpolished and um, messy at times. It's not supposed to be polished. That's not the goal. But we don't have enough conversations about real life. There's not many spaces in our professional mm. lives, in the hospital corridors, or, you know, even with yeah. our partners sometimes, you know, and sometimes yeah. your partner's going through, even if your partner's usually a support person in a lot of ways, life is life. And sometimes they're not available. They're having their yeah. own staff and you're supporting them and so on. So yeah. Yeah. 
we want to be this consistent space for you where you're always welcome to bring your messy human self as well and we said before you know the facade of people who are have sort of made it in your mind um is not it's never it's never true is it there's a lot of facade and I think we do well to I guess not not break down the facade like ever the, the facade is necessary sometimes it's mm-hmm. got a purpose but I think it just goes a long way to understand that you're not the only one going through what you're going through or feeling like you don't fit in or mm-hmm. you know or struggling or struggling with, like yeah how do I answer this question? What does this mean? What do I do yeah, now? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Or even struggling with your own facade. You're well aware that this is who you are at work and there's a different person underneath. And struggling to, it's actually quite exhausting, like we said before, right at the start, to not be authentic. Mm. It's exhausting to show up as someone else. And so it's, yeah, it's challenging. So, mm. yeah, it's a real, yeah, it's a really special space to me. I, I've benefited from people who have been willing to be authentic with me, usually not on the internet, but just throughout my life. You know, there's moments where people, definitely in the hospital, it's been very rare for people to be vulnerable with you. And we all know how hard vulnerability yeah, is. So I'm yeah. just really grateful for mm-hmm. them. I don't expect mm-hmm. other people to necessarily suddenly be vulnerable. Yeah. But we want to mm-hmm. do that for you. We want to do that here. So yeah. um, you always have that option in life. Absolutely. Thank you, Meg. This is so fun. Thanks for inviting me on. (laughs) (laughs) This is our new space and creation. And we are so, so happy that you have joined in. And we'll see you again next week. See you soon. Oh.